Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Picks one through thirty-one. Six trades included today. Eight points. People out there might not know what we are trying to do here. What is a mock draft? Well, when I'm going through these, because this is mine, I'm putting my claim on these. Good. Tendencies. I try to like look at the dot connecting that the national and local insiders have. Use my own connections a little bit. Look at contracts and declining, expiring players. All that good stuff in order to, I think, put some substance behind these selections and not just throw stuff at the wall, even though from two weeks from today, my final mock draft will look very different. But to be clear, this is your predictive mock draft, not what you would do. This is like to kind of help us. There's people that like to put a little money down on this stuff. We're trying Mm. to help those people out, but we're also trying to, you know, beat your record. I want to say another thing. Uh, This mock, not just because of the six trades included, but Oh my God. For many other reasons, uh, will look very different than the normal ones that you see going around right now. And take it from me, you know, the guy that two years ago just wrote down the greatest mock draft of all time, pinned that in ink. Um, that's because the final actual NFL draft is going to look wildly different than anything you've seen mm-hmm. out there. So, like, there's a purpose behind this and to talk through scenarios, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, yeah, this is not your final one. Um, I like talking through these scenarios. I think for the people that are wagering on this, I think that finding the long odds right now is pretty applicable because not only do we not, we have a bunch of uncertainty right now. It's also teams could be swapping picks like just to move down one spot. And there's so much gamesmanship. Like maybe we have in this mock draft where all of a sudden like CJ Stroud, who doesn't make any sense to go third overall could possibly go third overall. So I would just be looking at some of the long odds, really open up your mind. This is a no judgment zone until we get to your final mock draft later on. Then we can judge. (laughs) All right, here we go. We're going to use PFF's draft simulator. Start this one. Number one in this case, Bryce Young. Now, let me start by saying it is not uncommon for us to not know who the number one pick is two weeks out from the draft. I feel like nationally, the perception is like, how do we not know? And Or it's locked in at this moment. Um, all you have to do is look back last year. We only knew about Trayvon Walker really the weekend beforehand. Look at Baker Mayfield. We didn't know until the morning of. And then when it was the Miles Garrett, Mitchell Trubisky, and other quarterbacks year, we had Adam Schefter reporting that the Browns could be selecting Mitch number one overall that same day. So at least from the outside looking in, I am totally fine with us not knowing who the number one pick is at this moment. Last week in your mock, we had CJ Stroud number one. So they just wanted to go through this exercise and really maybe just find out what the outcomes could be if we do go with Bryce Young here at number one overall. The markets have this like at minus 300 or so. Um, and like Schefter, some of the, the big insiders keep saying, Bryce Young, my question to you is, is this still pretty close to you think like 50 50? And then secondly, uh, there was a report from uh, Lanzerline that the coaching staff and potentially Frank Reich himself uh, doesn't want CJ or uh, doesn't want Bryce Young, but David Tepper has fallen into that. Who do you think is going to make that decision? Do you think that's a factual <laughs> report? Where where are we at? Tell me. Yeah. And I actually want to spend a bit more time on this bit because it's really important in order to get accurate the rest of the way. Obviously, I don't think that they have as a consensus pick to number one is yet. Because C.J. Stroud visits next next week. Like, there is no rush to, as a consensus, stick the top magnet at the top of the board right now. You can still talk through all of these things. Now, do I believe it is possible that, let's say, Frank and Josh McCown and the scouts, Scott Fitterer, Dan Morgan, heck, even Thomas Brown, and then obviously at the top, David Tepper, have different people in mind? Yes, And Hayden, I'll go as far to say, I don't know if it's just Bryce Young versus CJ Stroud, because I'm doing a lot of this when I see Dan Orlovsky, who was offered a job on this coaching staff, continuing to connect Anthony Richardson to the Carolina Panthers 
as well. And on top of that, I think Scott Fitter would feel extremely accomplished. The dude who in his first draft traded about four or seven times to pluck a mid round or an extra draft pick in order just to move down one spot. I could see if that's the reason why we've seen so much Bryce young steam on top of everything uh, among other reasons with that. Yeah. There could be some gamesmanship trying to get that pick. Like you said there, uh, this S2 test, um, I mean, we're talking about like David Tepper. Do you think like he's going to be the guy that's like falling in love with this S2 stuff? And then my other thing is, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tepper loves Bryce Young and wants Bryce Young there. Do you think that he would override this coaching staff with hand plucked, experienced, quarterback focused all the way through, <laughs> highly paid, very highly paid, very highly paid, and just say, You're welcome, middle, middle fingers later. I'm not taking you guys. Uh, to answer your last question, yes, because David Tepper doesn't change his stripes, I don't believe. And we've seen him and I even have stories that I could relate to you of him changing his mind on pivotal franchise decisions in a span of two days. Now, to that point, I think potentially maybe some of the Bryce Young steam that we have seen so far is because he already had his visit this week and CJ's not until next week. And maybe the last man gets the last handshake and maybe changes some minds on top of that. So I will never underestimate an owner like David Tepper stepping in and making this decision, even with the experience that you said. Now, quickly on the S2 test. If people haven't heard, it's a cognitive test out there that baseball has been using for about a decade at this point. NFL, some teams half the league for the last like five years. When I see really inside draft people in Daniel Jeremiah, Lance Zerline, Peter Schrager mentioning it frequently over the last two weeks, to me that stands out that that is going to be a buzzword, a buzzy thing during this draft process that we're going to hear over the next two weeks. And often you hear names that are cited of good quarterbacks on great teams. The Panthers are neither of those at those moments. So could I see someone like David Tepper wanting to chase and try to be like one of the great teams and put stock into this, having this be a part of his decision? 100%. And what we know so far, the number one thing is that Bryce Young scored the highest on this year's test. Yeah, it'd be very funny to me because uh, when you're actually playing quarterback, you're having to do this uh, progressing and stuff. So you're actually getting the data from actually playing quarterback. Uh, also, you can prepare for this. Like Bryce Young's been taking this test since high school. Um, and maybe other people are just kind of showing up and like, oh, wait a second. What what the hell is this? So it'd be very funny if we go through all of this. We play national championship games just to turn on uh, this thing. I'm not, I'm not completely discrediting it. But like to me, like we're testing the progressions that you just see for a thousand dropbacks in college. I'm here. I'm, I hear you. And I'm not saying that. I agree with the outcomes of the test. Right. What I am saying is, could I envision decision makers using it to make their decisions? Yeah. 100%. Especially in ownership about. that yeah. I think people give maybe too much credit to mm -hmm. owners making good decisions when it comes to players yeah. out there. And I, final point, this could be wildly different in a week. This right. could be CJ Stroud in my mind. And it could right. be even more different and flip-flop again a week from after that. You know, so this yeah. is not locked in for me that it's Bryce Young. Yeah, you wouldn't be buying like 80% odds no. of this happening. No, I think it's closer to 50-50. It's a toss-up. And then, like you said, there's a chance it's even AR. All right. Pick number two. We have a trade. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is a shocker. It is not the Indianapolis Colts. It is not the Seattle Seahawks. In fact, it is the, if I can scroll, Detroit Lions moving up from pick number six to pick number two. In this scenario, I have a them sending this year's second round pick, 48, and a third round pick next year to move up four spots in order to get pick number Press two. Press that six, too. Yeah, there you yep, go. I am. Um, and make sure I mean, they get, you know, pick 201 back just so you know, have some numbers. Trade accepted. Now, the reason being for CJ Stroud at this selection to the Detroit Lions. Like the overall buzz first with the Texans moving out of this pick, the overwhelming buzz is that they love Bryce Young. We haven't heard that they love any other quarterback in this scenario. 
So that has been far and away the most consistent news. And I fully believe that some teams out there are going to have CJ Stroud as the number one quarterback. Others, Bryce Young, others, Anthony Richardson. And I could easily see Detroit being one of those teams that's a Stroud team. You know, he's distribution with accuracy and placement in all three levels is fantastic. Maybe they can coax that athleticism out of him a bit more. They have a great offensive line and they've been really quiet on the quarterback prospect front, which I absolutely love. And most importantly, it's what I keep coming back to one. Brad Holmes has done a fantastic job. They will never be in this position in the next five years. I think again, unless something bottoms out. So when you are in this spot and in this case, it maybe has to be more, but you send a second and a third round pick just to get potentially your quarterback one, it makes too much sense to me to take advantage of this spot that you're in, not even because of your record or by your own doing, just because of the trade that you made. Yeah, I wrote a column on the potential partners for trading up to that third overall pick, and I had the Lions as the number one. I think that the odds that if the Texans don't like Stroud of a trade happening are much higher because I think it's been reported that a lot of the league has Stroud and Young one, two, and then kind of a teardrop going down to Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. I would look at the teams that were calling the Chicago Bears about the first overall pick as a short list of who could be trading up. But CJ Stroud, Jared Goff, similar ish skill sets. I think that CJ Stroud has a chance to be a tier or two above Jared Goff. And like you said, they can get out of his contract. Uh, They're in a win now. Uh, mode and potentially next year they have the pieces in place to take a really good run at the Super Bowl. Like we have truly seen teams that are drafting higher than they expect to be in future years make moves up from quarterbacks. You know, the Eagles did that with moving up twice for Carson Wentz. The Kansas City Chiefs did that when they were in a spot, even when they had Alex Smith to go up and get Patrick Mahomes. Like good teams think ahead and understand that, hey, we are too good to be drafting the top 10 ever again. I do want to bring one thing up. Um, there's been like some, let's just say, general statements saying, oh, CJ Stroud won't want to go there because he's rep by David Mulligetta and it's Deshaun Watson's agent with the Houston Texans. I can tell you, I reached out to his representation and they said the right thing by that is so not true. He would love to go to Houston. They'd love to meet Ryan's. So like, stop saying that people out there. And we're going to get it in the comments, I bet. Yeah, the first of all, the rookie contracts are basically already like there. You just right. sign them. There's not, not a whole lot of negotiations that happen with the rookie contract. Also, if the Texans are going to take this approach where one of the biggest agents, they're just never going to sign one of those players ever again is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's the worst narrative out there. I buy the S2 stuff way more than this agent. So then we have another trade up here. The Arizona Cardinals are desperate at number three. But the only move that they can find is with the Indianapolis Colts, just one pick later. Uh, I have them just moving up and sending pick 106. Even if it's just a fourth rounder, they're able to add that just in case. And to move up to number three overall, the Indianapolis Colts do select Anthony Richardson, the quarterback. The fit with Shane Steichen just makes so much sense. We've talked about it, but oftentimes arm, athleticism are associated with ceiling for Anthony Richardson. It is his floor. I can expect and hope that Shane Sykin gets the most out of him. And then when the accuracy progresses, when going through the processing that progresses to an NFL level consistently, because the pocket movement is already there, then he can take the hold uh, away from Gardner Minshew. I'm not saying that halfway through the season, maybe it's even week one. Two questions for you. Would the Colts and the Texans trade? Like, would the the Texans say, I'm not trading you, even if they liked CJ Stroud uh, from two to four? And then the second part, do you think, do you think Anthony, like, is this because of a fit to the Colts? Or do you think that Anthony Richardson is just going to be well liked more than Will Levis? Like, just, oh, yeah, a fit thing? Or is it just like we're separating this? I think Anthony Richardson is going to go top 10. There's a chance Will Levis falls. And I don't see the inverse of that happening. The only certainty I have right now, just going back to pick number one, is that it's going to be a quarterback and it's not going to be Will Levis. Okay. Um, I firmly believe that it is Bryce Young, CJ Stroud in a tier for a lot of teams, right? And Anthony Richardson in a tier by himself. And then Will Levis after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave Will Levis a second round grade. I can see why teams would not like him. <laughs> Cardinals yeah. at number four. Again, they wanted to move further away from number three and number four, but they couldn't in order to get like that cornerback offensive line sweet spot. So I'm kind of biting the bullet here. I'm just going to give them, and I don't know if you've looked at <laughs> their 
defense at this moment. I could name about two starters on it. So bad. Uh, it's it's really rough. And so they could use an edge player. They could use a defensive lineman. I'm going to give them a cornerback, though, and I'm going to go with Devin Witherspoon. Wow. Now, this is spicy because the first defensive player odds are heavily skewed to Will Anderson. Do you not buy that? Do you think this is a scheme fit? Do you think they're corner versus edge? Because like you said, they need anything. And Devin, Devin Witherspoon is typically not drafted ahead of Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, um, sometimes kind of Christian Gonzalez to go back and forth right now. Well, maybe I can even throw in pick number five here because at number five, I'm going to get the Seattle Seahawks, Tyree Wilson. Oh, you're getting spicy. Texas Tech. Uh, I firmly believe there is a legitimate chance that Tyree Wilson is the first defensive player off the board. Um, again, Devin Witherspoon, I kind of just had to force it there. They would want to move back even further than this, so it's kind of biting the bullet. But I could easily see the Seattle Seahawks like honing in on Tyree Wilson to be their dude. They've moved away from the Pete Carroll era of single high stuff. They've gotten a bit more multiple and almost like a Julian Peterson-esque reincarnated player for them in, in Tyree Wilson. And again, would not shock me at all if he is the first defensive player off the board in the entire draft. So you're not necessarily saying that Witherspoon is a great like bet, no. for example, to be first. That could be Christian bet. Gonzalez too. Again, I'm yeah. Don't hold me right. to the Cardinals at cornerback at number one. That's why we talk about this. People are just going to look at this. That's why we talk through it. Uh, like going back to the first overall pick, I'm with you. I don't think that Willie Anderson should be as heavily of a favorite to be the first overall play. I don't view him as the Bosa brother tiers. I think he's down below that. And some teams could have preferences, especially with two corners going that high too. Very notable to me that again, the Seahawks t- taking pictures with all these quarterback prospects and we're quite silent on the defensive lineman. I'm not really buying the Jalen Carter stuff to them. I know in the past they've taken these guys who have overcome things during their career. I think that kind of came back to bite them a bit too much. And now that Pete Carroll's what 70, one one years old i think he just wants guys he likes on his roster now and tyree wilson seems to check every single one of those boxes can i make a prediction this is gonna be will anderson the texans because you're hedging because they might take him second overall i see you working will anderson number six the houston texans after their trade out lance zerline extremely connected to the houston texans on some interview I watched, he said that there are mentions and murmurs that they gave Will Anderson a perfect grade. So uh, I firmly do believe, and he even said it in another one, that 60 to 65% in his brain that they will go quarterback at number two and ultimately yeah. that is up to ownership. And obviously a high quarterback grade even surpasses a rare defensive player grade. But in this case, we're giving them Will Anderson. Fair enough. Uh, obviously, there's the Alabama connection. Uh, I, I do think that owners have say uh, that you will be drafting a quarterback. I need a quarterback. Correct. I, I do think that a lot of the times the owners stay out of which one exactly you're taking. They want to be part of the process and feel it out. And like, OK, I can't draft this guy's too risky. But I do think that there are owners that are saying you are walking away with a quarterback this draft no matter what. I have a feeling that's going to be the Texans. Um, but like you said, they could use that 12th overall pick to make that happen, too. Pick number seven, we have a trade. The Chicago Bears move up, sending nine. And I have just 103. Maybe it has to be pick 64, something like that, to get pick seven. And they get pick 204 back just, again, keep the numbers. We see that often in the NFL. Because the Bears, even after they moved away from number one overall, I think they still wanted one of those blue chippers, you know? And in order to get Jalen Carter... You have to move up ahead of potentially the Atlanta Falcons. I think this was the number one player on his board the entire time. Maybe this is the reason why Drew Rosenhaus is saying, hey, we're not taking visits outside the top 10 because the Bears loved him that much at number nine. Um, And in this case, because the extra draft capital they have, an easy move up from nine to seven. Yeah, I would not be surprised if it's the Bears and Eagles at nine and 10 that have assurances that Jalen Carter will not fall past them. So. Um, we saw uh, the Eagles traded down, then traded back up to get S- Devonta Smith a couple years ago. So I, I don't think that this is unheard of. The other part of this, the Raiders m- are willing to go from seven to nine. One of their biggest needs is at cornerback. And after this, Jeffrey Okuda trade, and when, I understand he's just like on the twilight end of his rookie contract. But oftentimes when you see moves like that the same month as a draft, it's just tech, check off a need so that team can attack in different spots. And so they know that the Atlanta Falcons at pick number eight will not take a corner. Jalen Carter to the Raiders, do you think they would not take him because of Henry Ruggs incident? It's like too close to home. Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't, I have no idea about that. I just, 
think that based on reading between the lines of of Ryan Pace and obviously them really not adding that many interior pieces in free agency despite how much money they have, uh, the connection, I, I, right I can't get over that one. Okay, I like it. Pick number eight. Um, let's go off the wall a little bit. So I'm still trying to figure out what Arthur Smith wants to be offensively. This is year three of it. Um, Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson have been very productive in the past, but when you look at bringing back some and just overall grading, how awesome they were at run blocking, um, the quarterback scenario, it seems like they are very comfortable with it being questionable heading into this year. Uh, and in that case, I'm giving them B. John Robinson at number eight overall. Someone's going to do it. I think someone's going to do it maybe even earlier than the spreadsheets want them to. Uh, and I want to throw in, I believe that Ryan Pace is a part of this organization in terms of the front office now in the Atlanta Falcons. Whenever Pace talked about uh, running back evals, it was all about force missed tackles. And as you and I talked about in our profile for Bijan Robinson, he has broken the record in terms of force missed tackles. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Arthur Smith made this move. I, I keep looking at edge rusher. Uh, that's like the position that they definitely. most definitely need. So I think if Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson are there, I think that they would make a lot of sense. But yeah, I've, I'm starting to see a lot more Falcons with Bijan. And I would even throw in Nolan Smith as a consideration there. Yep. Um, we'll get to that name in a minute. All right. Talked about it. Cornerback, we're going to go with Christian Gonzalez. Now, I don't know if McDaniels and Ziegler and all that stuff care that much about three cones. I don't think we have a three cone on Christian Gonzalez at this point um, because of their Patriots roots. But just looking at their roster, too, they have a bunch of needs at a bunch of places. You obviously have Max Crosby and hopefully Chandler Jones has a bounce back. But other than that, defensively, you need a whole bunch of different pieces. And uh, we'll just throw in Christian Gonzalez there as a top 10 pick. Yeah, I think he's going to go top 10 for sure. Eagles. I expected them to have way more needs heading into the NFL draft, but they brought back a whole bunch of veterans. But we are going because they love athleticism and believe that they can unlock it with Lucas Van Ness. Um, I don't see wide receiver early, despite the number one player, whoever it is on their board, being there at the top spot because he's going to be your number three wide receiver. You know that. And I feel like that's too much of an investment. And you can just, I think, improve on someone like Quez Watkins a bit later on in the draft. And now that the top two corners are gone in this situation of Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez, I don't think Skaronsky will work in what they want. So Lucas Van Ness is the pick. Just unpack that athleticism. Yeah, I have not. I've done a couple different mock drafts. Every single time I pick for the Eagles, they get mad, including with Lucas Van Ness. I do think they are a trade down team as well. Um, They're definitely rooting for quarterbacks to go in front of them. So hopefully one of these premier edge rushers can get down there. Um, But I I think that Lucas Van Ness, this is kind of his range. Pick number 11, Tennessee Titans going to go with Paris Johnson, the left tackle out of Ohio State. I understand they just signed Andre Dillard. But if you look at that contract, he's the 18th highest paid left tackle in the league. Uh, That is not even including rookies because they don't hit that threshold. Um, He's even practiced and played a little bit on the interior as well. That does not prevent you. If we are talking about their new general manager who ran Carthon has history with just the, you know, best left tackle in the league in San Francisco. So, so many questions on what the Titans are going to be. I think they really need to shore up that foundation of that offensive line and pick number 11 is the right place to do it. A lot of people, including myself, have mocked Will Levis to the Titans if he's available. Could you discuss why you did not make that connection this time? Well, because I wanted to force him to pick number 12 and the Houston Texans. Um, okay. <laughs> that's really what I wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, that that totally could happen. Like, do you think the book is closed on the Ryan Tannehill playing for another team in 2023? I think if they drafted Will Levis or something like that, they, there could be a trade down the line. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's way less likely, obviously, than I thought going into the offseason. Got it. Yeah, I, I just have um, a tough time of figuring out where, where Will Levis is going to go. Now, in this scenario, if we were just hypothesizing where I have him at the Houston Texans at 12, a small segment of me wonders if he could be their number two quarterback on their board. Um, and if that's the case, them having a general feel of, okay, he's not going to be one of these top three quarterbacks that go off the board. We can either trade up from pick 12 to earlier, like we have heard Ian Rappaport and others suggest, um, or again, in this scenario, just sit home at number 12 and get him. Um, It's an interesting dynamic. I would say they can 
potentially wait on quarterback to me this is like absolutely crazy but this is being reported on enough that like i actually i I think it's crazy like i wouldn't do this i don't think it's crazy that this could actually happen i do wonder if in the back of their head there's a worst case we'll just trade for trey lance we have some connections over there if we miss out on our guy yeah that could work too um just going back to the s2 test if we can um obviously the 49ers last year drafted the quarterback and brock purdy with Mr. Relevant, who scored the highest in the test last year. Um, obviously, they are believers in that. I think we can. Trey Lance is also like 90th percentile, too. We can also make that conclusion. So D'Amico Ryan's Bobby Slowick, both coming from that organization. Uh, We have also it's been reported, I think, from Will Levis himself. So take that for what you want, that he scored highly on the test as well. So good for him. Have you ever been on vacation? After a long day of activities or sightseeing, you have a night in. Room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals slash underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right. Three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. Pick number 13. Hold on to your pants. Darnell Wright. I firmly believe that Darnell Wright is going to go way sooner than the consensus out there that puts him from 20 to 31. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Darnell Wright is the first offensive lineman off the board in the entire NFL draft. Uh, he is viewed as just a right tackle, but I also believe he has played everywhere something snaps at left tackle as well. And when you think about Joe Douglas and the phrases that he uses when talking about tackles, bullies, beat them up, create lanes, move people off their spot. Darnell Wright does that tremendously well. So if it's at right tackle or if it's at left tackle because of whatever they're going to do with Makai Becton, they really need some work on both ends. And Darnell Wright is a nice pick at 13 for them. A little sprinkle for first offensive lineman drafted for Wright. I heard uh, Lance say that Yeah, everyone that I follow that studies offensive linemen loves this dude. And yep. there are some teams that need right tackles more than left tackles. So who knows? We have a trade at pick number 14 because the connections they have in their front office, the New England Patriots deal away pick number 14 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for, let's say, pick 19. They also send pick 82 and, you know, get pick 210 back. Okay, Uh, so the Bucs move up because they literally don't have a left tackle on their roster. Down horrendous right now. If they move, what, Gadecki to left tackle and they don't have a guard. (laughs) So. They see Peter Skaronsky on the board. They're going to try him at that tackle spot. And if it doesn't work, they just move him inside. And it's worth moving up for them. I understand that the Bucs are in this weird middle scenario where they're kind of in with some of their players, but then they have awful quarterback play. But I think Skaronsky is a piece that they can build on. And a huge part of them going to the Super Bowl and winning it was because of great offensive line play. And they've downgraded some of it because of retirements and, and contracts, but tremendously in the last two years. Yeah, I think the Bucs could kind of play this middle ground where the coaching staff and the GM need to win this year. So an offensive lineman will help that. But also, potentially, if you're the owner, you'd be like, okay, how are we going to set up our next franchise quarterback, potentially tank it up this year, clear the books, uh, maybe have a little Mike Evans, Chris Godwin trade this year, and then next year be able to be in the Caleb uh, Williams sweepstakes. And the Patriots love a trade down. Mm-hmm. They love a trade down. Pick 15, the Green Bay Packers. This has set up perfectly for them. Uh giving them JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba at pick 15 overall. Green Bay uses thresholds and tendencies for their early round picks, maybe more than anyone. Justice Mosqueda has done great work on this. Peter Bukowski's done great work on this. You can Google their stuff. Um, names like Miles Murphy, Michael Mayer pass all those thresholds. And so does Jackson Smith and Jigba. And having a duo that are very different skill sets of Christian Watson and JSN, uh, 
to me would be very intriguing for them to start building on. I think this will be in my final mock draft, the JSN yeah. pick. Yep. I really, really like it. The the other thing about the thresholds is this the decision makers in Green Bay have been there since I've been alive. So <laughs> like there's some thresholds where you're like, oh, like the last two times we do that. Yeah. It's like, okay, uh the the own the owners, if you buy a placard, you gotta d- dictate the thresholds and it's staying like it's that. like Elliot Wolf to Ted Thompson, now to Goody, and they've probably move them here or there, uh, but I think they really stand, and obviously JSN hitting all of them out of the park makes sense. Also a good troll to Aaron Rodgers as he leaves for his friend <laughs> wide receiver. And I understand that some of you are saying Romeo Dobbs, nice nice wide receiver three on Come a on. team. Let's yeah. put it that way. Washington Commanders at pick number 16, they get a new owner. Uh, just kidding. Uh, so, name a starting cornerback on their team, Hayden. I'll wait. They have St. Juiced. Yep. There you go. Okay. Uh, they also desperately here. need interior offensive lineman help. I would say in this current pick at number 16, it's a sweet spot for tackles. So maybe they are one of these teams that could trade out. Now, the other part of my brain says they're in a win now scenario because of new ownership that's going to come in. Do you really want to trade and move away and acquire future picks? Probably not. You probably just want to take a dude. Uh, so let's stay local and go with Deontay Banks at cornerback to play yep. on the outside for them. Measurables wise, Deontay Banks looks exactly like a top 20 overall pick at the position. So I would I would not be surprised there. I think that Washington, this is kind of like where Bijan's floor is. I'm, I think I'm more with you where like eight to 16 is more of his range rather than in the 20s for Bijan. Um, and Ron Rivera cannot. He doesn't have time to, to mess nope. around. Pick number 17, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they also need cornerback help. Consensus seems to be that spot or offensive line. I believe Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma is going to go earlier than people expect as well. Interesting. They played Dan Moore at left tackle. Uh, some of like their size and shape things have been kind of weird. And it just really feels like to me, if you're not changing the offensive coordinator, at least you need to change the offensive line in order for Kenny Pickett to not be hit and moved off his spot as often. So let's go with Anton Harrison to play on the outside. Yeah, I like that. Is there any reason why you think Anton versus like Broderick and stuff? I think that both will go round one. Just some buzz. All right. Fair enough. Just some buzz. Pick number 18, the Detroit Lions, after already moving up. Remember? For mm-hmm. CJ Stroud at number two overall. Now we're here at pick number 18. Trading away Jeff Okuda, who this team did not select in terms of the decision makers. Um, I'm going to go off the radar. Many people might say Joey Porter Jr. We're going to go with Emmanuel Forbes here at corner. There's been a lot of visits, a lot of buzz recently on Emmanuel Forbes being a first rounder. If it's not here, it might be pick 19 to the New England Patriots. But I know he's like 165 pounds. But when you watch him, he has legit ball skills and legit comes downhill to knock your face off in the running game, too. I don't think he plays small or plays lean. And I understand he's an outlier with his frame, but he's a really, really fun player. And uh, again, this is a nice little spot to still need a corner. Yeah, I think all the teams keep bringing him for top 30 visits to feed him up, get get some size on him, <laughs> trying to get a couple food. of triple, triple cheeseburgers. All right. Now we're at pick again, 19 with the Patriots moving down. Let's go with Nolan Smith here, the edge rusher oh, out of Georgia. I understand a lot of people might say, hey, this is almost an identical player to Josh Uche, but his rookie deal is winding down and. He's like finally made an impact, and I'm a big Josh J fan. They finally allowed him to. But let's not forget that even though he's a very different player than this, Matt Judon, I think, is also 31 years old and arguably their best defensive player since Christian Barmore has been injured as well. Um, Nolan Smith, again, if he goes in the top 10, wouldn't be shocked by it at all. Yep. It's the juice that he brings off the edge and the bend and the explosiveness. Uh, teams are going to covet. So this might actually be his the latest he goes. Yeah, I was going to say uh, teens are before that over the the 20s for Nolan Smith, I think. Seattle Seahawks pick number 20, their second of the first round. We're going to go with the wide receiver here uh, and Zay Flowers. So the Seahawks in their past have liked almost these shorter, squattier players that are explosive and good with the ball in their hands. Think of D. Eskridge a few years ago. Uh, Zay Flowers, I believe, would bring a different type of skill set to their wide receiver trio in DK Metcalf and in Tyler Lockett. I mean, Lockett, and I'm not criticizing him for it, just falls down when he catches the football. I love that, though. Zay is totally different. We talked about with Steve Smith. Hopefully you've watched that show on the channel where he turns into a running back. He faces up and and, and squares up. And how the team didn't bring in 
a single wide receiver to sign after losing Marquise Goodwin, who was a big part of their offense last year, tells me that they might believe 20 is a sweet spot for a wide receiver too. Yeah, I, I keep mocking them defensive players up top and then a wide receiver uh, here. Are you cool with Zay Flowers over Quentin Johnston or Jordan Addison and those types? Uh, I think Addison has a chance to be wide receiver one or wide receiver two. Um, I think that Quentin Johnston, his stock's a little bit dropping, but I think I know where you're going here. Yep. Los Angeles Chargers pick 21, Jordan Addison. So we've all been claiming for vertical, 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 and this team certainly needs it. And I understand that Addison's athletic profile isn't the same as like a Jalen Hyatt and a straight line burner. But when you go back and actually watch his game, the way he tracks the ball vertically and wins in that area, it's fantastic. I mean, just over the last two years, nine of 59 of his catches were 20 plus yards and 22 of 100 the previous year at Pitt. At the very least, because of that ball tracking, because of that awareness and all of it, he's going to be a great vertical player. And I actually think he can be more than that compared to other players that are mocked at this spot. Keenan Allen getting older. Um, there's a chance that he would just be Justin Herbert's slot receiver for the next half decade. I would love that. Not bad. Ravens, pick number 22. We're going to give them Miles Murphy out of Clemson at Classic. the spot. I mean, it's so very Baltimore here. I mean, he's massive a really strong athletic profile when it comes to speed and agilities. Um, we know they took Odafe Owe a couple of years ago, but this is just another player in their rotation that can play on the edge, maybe move inside a bit at times too. Um, that was a fit that immediately stood out when he was on the board. Yeah. Some credible uh, insiders have said that miles Murphy's might go like earlier than expected as yep. well. So yep. I can see it with the green Bay Packers again, yep. all the way up there at pick number 15. All right. 23, and I kind of left this guy on the board because I wouldn't be shocked if the Minnesota Vikings, despite Quezzy and not wanting to trade up, do trade up for this player. Um, I'm going to give them Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback out of Penn State, who would be a perfect fit in a Brian Flores defense. Let's get in your face. Let's press you with athleticism and length. Uh, Flores needs that on his defense, and Porter fits it, I think, to a T among this draft class. Can't play man coverage without good corners. So I think this would be a good pick. Uh, real quick, we've kind of floated it out there before. Vikings trading up for a quarterback. I'm not eliminating that. They're, one thing that makes it a little bit more complicated is the Vikings only have six draft picks this time. And will one of these uh, quarterbacks drop? And is it, in particular, the right quarterback that's going to actually drop? So maybe if Anthony Richardson or somebody like that falls a little bit more than expected, I can see a move up, but trying to get all the way up to the top five might be a little difficult. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people mention Hendon Hooker there at pick 23. I would say that he's second round 25 when he takes over for Kirk Cousins, who they probably will move on after this. And I don't think that that is how they would want to use a first round resource. I also don't believe that they're in the Will Levis sweepstakes, also. So it would have to be for one of those top three that you mentioned. And as you said, like I really wanted to put that in to this mock Just draft hard. scenario. But I mean, man, the capital you would have to give up to get from 23 to three is ginormous. It's like three first round picks plus more. So it's, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Basically Arizona would have to be so desperate that they would want to take a discount to get yeah. down to 23. And maybe that's possible mm -hmm. because they definitely would want picks and not to stay in that top 10, but it would, if that happens, Brad Spielberger, everyone's going to be like, man, the Vikings won this trade because yeah. it heavily favors them numerically for what they what they gave up. I like second round pick Hendon Hooker, like kind of middle ground this. You don't have to spend a first round pick. I think it's probably where Hooker's going to go. And I, I understand a lot of people might say, well, after they move on from Kirk Cousins, they can just, you know, take it down a year and then get a quarterback after that. I don't really think that like someone like Kevin O'Connell, who has a lot of influence on this team, yeah. is going to think that way he will just want to win and just keep it going you know it's hard to tank in your third year <laughs> as a head coach that's typically the time where the owner says get it together right when you're getting justin jefferson paid yeah. all right <laughs> jacksonville jaguars uh, i'm going to give them brian branch but not as a safety uh, as their nickel yep um i think that he and i believe i read this somewhere he and their position coach really good workout uh they are an interesting team right now. Like maybe they could take one of these offensive linemen. Like uh, I believe that Broderick Jones is still on the board and maybe shift him on over to right tackle, but that would be a position that Jones has not played. So I just felt like a safety 
coming out of a big program in Brian Branch, despite not being athletic or big at all, uh, but playing that nickel spot is is a fit they really didn't have, I thought, in a seamless way last year on that roster. Yeah, I think 24, Darnell Wright's floor, just because of that right tackle that you're talking about. When I was looking at the Jaguars, not as many needs as you would think for such a young team. So uh, I think Brian Branch could be like a best player available type of pick. Um, I don't think he's fallen as far as some people thought because of the NFL comment. The dude just makes every single tackle super smart. I'm sure Saban's going to bat for him as well. Pick 25, we have a trade. And it is the Kansas City Chiefs moving up from 31 to... 25 giving up let's say picks 95 for you know 25 and 209 look we're just wheeling and dealing over here but the reason the chiefs move up is to get their left tackle um obviously they've said when they signed Jawan taylor that he could play left tackle uh but we haven't really seen any other movement because they've also lost their right tackle in andrew wiley as well and sure maybe lucas niang will play there but no uh Again, Broderick Jones to continue this window that they can win in, which is seemingly endless with Patrick Mahomes. But at least, again, with the rankings that we are using, this is almost the cutoff for the tackles. Wide receiver, left tackle, edge rusher for the Chiefs. Is there like, you you think they're ranking it? I think they're most desperate for a tackle. But like you said, will the right tackle kind of be there at 31? We'll see. I think we've already seen them win with middling wide receivers that – at least in offensive tackles, Andrew Wiley played at a high level. We know they previously spent a first-round pick on Orlando Brown. We've seen them invest tons of money in Joe Tooney, a second-round pick in Creed Humphrey that has been fantastic, and they had a find mm-hmm. you know, in Smith at right guard. So uh, this is the air they want to invest in, I think, the most, and we haven't seen them recoup yeah. that same investment. You know what I mean? And, and reinsert it like we previously did. Their wide receiver group is also very tiny, and yeah. all the big wide receivers happen to be at their second round pick, like the, the low 60s, high 70s. Make this Broderick Jones move and then go and get DeAndre Hopkins. Nasty. I'm in. Pick 26, Dallas Cowboys. I mean, there's a lot of fun that we could have here on the board. It could be Quentin Johnson. Maybe Jerry Jones says, Oh, Kalijah Kansi, we can get our own Aaron Donald. Uh, but we're going to go with Dalton Kincaid here. I understand that. They drafted a couple tight ends last year and Jake Ferguson, some others who, you know, played here and there and spot moments. We have a video of Dalton Kincaid coming out on the channel. I think he's just a different player, a step above those. And I would even say from a talent standpoint, a step above Dalton Schultz. And so think of that production that you already had with that feel over the middle of the field. And Kincaid might even bring you an extra layer on top of that. Uh, odds for first tight end, Kincaid, Meyer, do you have any strong leans between the two or is this how the cookie crumbled this time? This is just how the cookie crumbled this time. Um, I will say again, we talked about this in the video, this perception that Michael Mayer is like this true in line guy. It's not exactly the case. And I don't know if like the differences in usage is going to be as drastic as you hear between Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer. I think they can play in the same spot. Sure, maybe the blocking of Michael Mayer can be a bit better, but I actually thought Kincaid was um, effective and he was uh, competitive is the right word for it in his blocking too. He didn't shy away from it, which we have seen with others do at the position. I'm going to give us a big shout out. All of our prospect videos, we aren't just saying how good they are. We're saying exactly what they're like good at, what's their role going to be. And there's a lot of misconceptions about that. And I think that's how I view film study. I think that the Kincaid and Meyer discussions that we're going to be posting are very key with that. I've, I've seen a lot of misconceptions between those two tight ends uh, in particular. Bills, 27. All four of their top defensive tackles will be playing on an expiring contract this season. Um, questions around the group too, like who's going to be there the next year? So, Kalaja Kansi's on the board. I think he's a bit light for them. Brian Perse. Mm. I'm going to go off the board because something has to happen like this in the 20s. We're going to go with Mozzie Smith, the interior defensive lineman coming out of Michigan. He's just a different style. He's about like, what, 6'3", 323 pounds. Obviously, they've been okay to take smaller interior guys in the past, but I think Kalijah Kansi is an even step lower than that. And, you know, you lose a linebacker in the second level in Tremaine Edmonds and, you know, Mozzie Smith, because around at Oliver, they have added 
meat and beef and like Jordan Phillips and Tim Settle. So that is like really important to them. And Mozzie Smith obviously brings that to the table. Mozzie's big athletic power five Michigan. I would not be surprised if he's a first round pick. And now on the inverse, like you have here, Cancy's still available. I see him mocked really high. I think that the defensive line coach is going to look at his film and be like, what is going to happen on third and two? He's not going to be be able to be on the field. So I can see him slipping. Well, he's not going to slip too far because at pick 28, the Cincinnati Bengals select him and try to reincarnate Geno Atkins a little Good luck. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's what, about a seven pound difference and Geno Atkins is, I'm going to say it, a rare player. Um, but, you know, I, I'm in on Lou Anarumo getting some fun pieces to rush the passer, but I'm with you. Maybe some freelancing works for Aaron Donald against the run game and it might not work as well with Kalijah Kansi, but we'll see. I think this is his range. Pick 29, the New Orleans Saints. So I love my dot connecting. You know this, Hayden. Foster Moreau, when he found out about his cancer diagnosis, he was on a medical with the New Orleans Saints. And that means he was going to sign and rejoin with Derek Carr. Ever since then, they have not added tight end, despite looking at tight ends in for agency. So we know that Derek Carr has thrown to this position. Maybe that can be Jawan Johnson a little bit. But in this spot at pick 29, why not on their board, figuratively, theoretically, get the top tight end in Michael Mayer? I don't want that to happen. I'm a Jawan Johnson stand, but I can see it. The Foster Road dot connecting, I hadn't thought of. That's very sharp. Pick 30. We have a trade. The Philadelphia Eagles move back to pick number 33 because the Houston Texans, and we have seen this before, will now have their third first round pick in the same draft. They'll just deal, let's just say pick 73 for the sake of it. And they're not going to allow me to do that. So then let's throw in pick 104 on top of it. And we're just going to force this trade. <laughs> this is how, and by the way, guys, this is how it works in the NFL. Josh was an intern and he, this is how they have it. So we've seen this with the Minnesota Vikings when I think they took like Xavier Rhodes and Cordero Patterson and one other player that's he's for the pictures. Yeah, a little bit. Hats, yeah. Uh, they'll be like, hey, we traded out of pick number two, but we also got the number one defensive player, yeah. uh, the quarterback who was number two on our board, and we got a third wide receiver in Quentin Johnston to play at this spot. He's different than I would say any other player that they have. Obviously, Nico Collins could have a big season. They brought in Noah Brown. They've brought in Robert Woods, but this is their effort to take that next step with Quentin Johnson. And it's not that I'm saying that I fully believe that his run after catch can translate, but we know that the 49ers offense was very focused on run after catch. And just again, his advanced stats are very, very good in that area. Go watch our prospect video on him. We have, we have takes. We're flying pick 31, the New York giants. Um, this could either be Will McDonald or Brian Brisset. They both visited. So I'm just going to go with Brisset here. Um, again, either one make a lot of sense. Uh, the Giants are, I think, er, again, earlier in that spot at pick 25. I don't know if there'd be like one standout player that maybe if they didn't take or trade for Darren Waller, then they could get the Kincaid or Michael Mayer. But since they did, I bet they have, let's say, four players in a range of six picks. They're totally fine to move back from 25 to 31 with their eyes on per se or Will McDonald. I like that. Is there anybody that was not drafted that you feel like maybe should have been in there? That's like definitely in the mix. Like there's the, the centers there's Osiris yeah. uh, Torrance. Uh, there's some edges. Like I obviously like uh, Will McDonald's definitely in the mix. Um, anybody else that stands out at the giants. I did want to give them someone like John Michael Schmitz or same you know, center from Wisconsin as well. But um, I just don't see those guys connected as much right. for the first round. And I do see Brisse up there and I do see Will McDonald up there. And like Linderbaum, I thought was like a lights out center yeah. prospect. And he went in this range. I don't think that these guys are quite at that level. Um, another question, Hendon Hooker, what would you say the odds of him going in round one? I think it would definitely be in the 20s. Um, if it does happen, um, 20% somewhere around, around there. I'm not in on Hendon Hooker in round one. I know you are, and I'm glad we disagree on this. Um, I I don't think it's going to happen necessarily. I, I, think, I think it's within the range of outcomes, though. We see a lot of quarterbacks mentioned in the first round about two weeks out. And then once we get there, 
And it's not just, you know, this past season where you can look at national rankings and in the top 32, they have, you know, Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter or mm-hmm. Matt Corral, all stacked in a row, even Sam Howell. Uh, we can even go back to like guys that are now coaching or about to be in like Nathan Peterman. He was expected to be really high or like Garrett Gilbert, you know, and then they all fall to like round four. I'm not saying that with Hendon Hooker, but around one player down to round two, I think that's where the gap is actually going to be. Yeah, Dan and Jeremiah, they all Dan and Brugler, they have like round two grades on him there. And they say like if he if he was healthy, he would be a first round guy. I I'm I think there's a chance, but I think it's more likely that he'll go round two. Is there any like big takeaways that you have from going through this? Do you think it's just everything's in chaos right now? Do you think quarterbacks fall? Is there offense tackles up, wide receivers yeah. down? As you saw early on, I saw a bunch of wide receivers projected in the top 20. And some of these tackles in that 20 to 32 range, I would flip those. I I believe that the tackles will go earlier than people think and the wide receivers will go later than people think. Yeah, I think that's just because we've did all those videos on the wide receivers. They're just not that great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One name I would throw at you as maybe what that fifth corner off the board is Julius Brents Mm -hmm. um, out of Kansas State. I know he's older, but he's athletic. And he'll press and he'll try to run with you. It's some really fun matchups, lost battles, but also yeah. won them against Quentin Johnson too. And I guarantee you all those teams that watch those Quentin Johnson games um, will be intrigued by the size, length, athleticism experiment, despite his age, in Julius Brents. Sweet. All right, Josh McCann, we know you're watching. Uh, let us know who you guys are picking. Thanks. <laughs> Hopefully, um, I really think we will know before the draft day. Like, stop freaking out, people. We're going to know, you know? It's fun to go through these thought experiments, and we're going to have another one next week, too, with this mock draft. Maybe it's Hayden and I going alternating picks. Back and forth. All right. We'll see. All right. Appreciate everyone. Multiple things. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Go and check out the Steve Smith video where we dissect the wide receiver position with him with tape. That was a fun and enjoyable experience. Plus, we have tons of other 9 to 12-minute prospect profiles on a bunch of running backs and wide receivers, tight ends to come quarterbacks as well we appreciate you all up the villa we'll talk to you next time see ya